0: We have to believe that sometimes things do happen for a reason. That could be fate, that could be karma, that could be whatever somebody believes it. When bad things happen, you have to look at okay, how can I release this and what can I learn from this? And then again, evolve it into something greater. And I think that we all should live like that. Make every moment count. We don't have till 100. We have a day. <laughs>
1: Hey, everybody, John Chisholm here. Welcome to the All the Best podcast. It's my own special blend of motivation and devotion designed to help you find all the best in life. I just believe there's always a way to make your life better. I want to help you get there. Nothing's going to be off limits in this show. We're going to talk to amazing people from all kinds of backgrounds, beliefs, and points of view. We're going to be bringing you insights, advice, and inspiration to guide you into the coolest chat of your life and maybe help you actually enjoy your time here on planet Earth. So, buckle up, kids, this is gonna be fun. Hey everyone, and welcome to All the Best again this week. If you've been following my show, you've heard me talk about crashing and burning a few years ago, but we Eventually, fighting my way back to sanity and success through developing a positive mindset and a new belief in myself. Well, today's guest has done that too, and I'm excited to bring you a wonderful episode that's just chock full of inspiration and tips for developing your own positivity, no matter what's getting you down. Her name is Nancy Soleri, and she's an inspiring example of living the life that you want despite challenges and setbacks that threaten to shut you down. Nancy is no stranger to adversity herself, having witnessed domestic violence, her parents' divorce, her sister's battle with eating disorders, and her mother's fight against breast cancer, as well as infidelity, miscarriages, and even sexual harassment in the workplace. And as if all that wasn't enough, Nancy was diagnosed at 16 with a progressive retinal disease that led to her own eventual blindness. But Nancy's a fighter, and she chose to persevere through all of it, even to the point of dedicating her life and talents to helping others overcome their trials. Through her business, Living Full Out. Nancy has taken all of the hardship that she's faced, she's using it to encourage others to develop a positive mindset. And she does this through her personal empowerment coaching, public speaking, and her weekly radio show. I was a guest on her show recently, and she's an amazing host and a superb journalist. In this episode, we touch on what it feels like to navigate a successful career as a visually challenged person and how she can sense things with hearing and touch that we sighted folk probably miss. We talked about tapping into your own inner resourcefulness to make your life a better place to hang out and how to encourage yourself when things don't seem to be going your way. I love this interview because Nancy shows us all how to be more resilient, more hopeful, and relentlessly self-actualizing despite anything life can throw our way. I know you're going to get a lot out of this episode as you learn to harness your hardships and to use them to motivate yourself to all the best in life as you get to know Survivor, entrepreneur, radio show host, and my new best friend, Nancy Soleri. All right, well, Nancy Soleri, welcome to all the best.
0: Excited to be here. <laughs>
1: It's good to have you. Now, let's just start with the fact that I was recently on your radio show, Living Full Out with Nancy Soleri, and what a tight ship you run. We're like the total opposite. I I just had to laugh to myself after I was a little bit embarrassed when you asked me the first question, and then we went to break, and you're like, could you keep the answers a little shorter?
0: (laughs) Well, hey, you got the gift of Gap, and that is Gap.
1: Uh, yeah. I tell you, well, I mean, I'm used to people wanting me to talk, right? And so you, well, uh, were really, you were wanting soundbite. So tell us a little bit about Living Full Out. And it's such a great show. Thoroughly loved being on it. Love your purpose to help people share their stories. But tell us a little bit about, about how you got into this all the way back in 2008.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, th- the thing is to get a little bit of a uh, back history. I do have what's called retinitis pigmentosa, and it's a degenerative eye condition. There's no cure. And I was diagnosed at 16. And then over the years, measurable vision loss. Today, I can't see faces. I can't see curbs or steps or any of that. Now, why I bring that up is because back in 2008, just before I started living, Fill out the company. I was a top producer in real estate And my vision took a huge jump and the lines on the road started to disappear. And I had to get really creative with how I was going to do showings. And this was before Uber and Lyft. I mean, I had to take buses. Oh, right. Well, buses in a day. It was crazy. But the reason why I bring that up is because, I mean, as I was selling real estate, I would see people fight over hardwood floors or I would see people get priced out out of the market or I would see people that were maybe dealing with a disability, but gosh, they really wanted their, that American dream, their home. And I just heard so many great, like, overcomer stories. And I just, when Living Full Out was created and born, it was really to help people connect the dots on what they want and what time, people, money, what resources might need to be in play to get them there. And the Living Full Out show, the radio show, that kicked off in 2010 and it just was a platform for us to be able to share and tell these stories and you had an amazing story and so many others talk about addictions or you know rags to riches stories or health right. and yeah i'm just super proud of it
1: oh that's fantastic and you do a great job you are the most thorough journalist that i've ever had oh. that the play when, when we set up the uh, pre show kind of chat, and two hours later, you're still digging in. And I'm like, okay, do I know you? <laughs> 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 Who is this lady on the other end of my phone wanting to know about what happened to me when I was five years old? Why do you go so deep into someone's entire history for such a short show? That was that was really a surprise to me. So take me behind the curtain of journalism here and, and tell me why you do that.
0: Well, I truly believe that we should not be pigeonholed into one story. And I don't think we should be defined by one life event. And there are a lot of our guests that are everyday people, and we find them on YouTube. They might be, you know, currently dealing with an addiction. But there's also a good handful of our people that are speakers and authors and maybe a couple of years or decades later past the trauma they went through. Mm -hmm. And I find that so many people, when they do interviews, and, and this is nothing against other hosts, but they just look at someone's bio and they pull from that. And I think we're more than just a bio. And I want to know, okay, what was the fi- family dynamics? I want to be able to see, gosh, are there parallels to how we maybe handled something at one time in our life and how we handled it again later? I mean, even in your own story, story as you and I dug in, we found the parallel between your parents' connection with religion and yours today. And we right. actually covered that in some ways. You you were similar to them, Right. And so it's very interesting how you only get to that point when you just sit down with the person and just be and let them rattle off their whole story.
1: Mm. And you're far more than a radio host. As a motivational speaker, you've spoken for many corporations. As really a coach, you empower people. You have a deg- a life coaching degree from the Institute of Professional Empowerment Coaching, which is so awesome. And that's what this show is about. That's why I'm here, because of the things I've overcome that I shared with you on, on Living Full Out. I, it, I think it's kind of like when you're divorced and you want to help people who've been divorced or you've been abused. And you want to help people that have been abused. I suffered such a burnout at 58 years old. And now here, seven years later, I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to use that to empower people. So I think that all of those things work that thoroughness and that desire for the true story. Yeah, probably is a a pretty serious asset for you in your coaching. How do you like let's say that we're coaching together. Where do you even start? You know, I'm, I'm an old guy. Okay, I've lived a lot of life. I've been through some trauma, but I'm doing kind of okay. But I really just have some areas I'm struggling with. Where do you even start in personal empowerment?
0: You know what? I have one main question that I always ask. This is my coaching clients. What's important to you about dot, dot, dot? So if somebody's looking to lose weight, what's important to you about losing weight? They might say, those don't fit. I, I don't want to buy the next size up. They might go rattle off about that. But then I might say, well, what's important to you about? And I might discover along the way that they all of a sudden are holding off on going on dating sites until they lose the weight. Okay, but but what's important to you about dating? Well, I, I I'm tired of being the third wheel. I'm tired of being the fifth wheel. So now I'm discovering that they, it's all about companionship. They maybe loneliness. Maybe why does everyone else have the love of their life and I don't? So see, it's not always the initial, you know, off the cuff. Well, I want to lose weight. It could be a whole lot deeper.
1: Right. It's like mm-hmm. I want a Cadillac. Well why do you want a Cadillac? (laughs) Because because I want to feel important. Well, why do you want to feel important? Because I've never felt important. And a Cadillac SUV is like the symbol of importance. So it's like the thing behind the thing behind the thing. Right.
0: Exactly. And and peeling away the layers. And again, the greatest gift that we can give anybody is to listen. And let somebody feel really heard, and that's what, I, that's what I wanted you to feel. That's what I want my coaching clients to feel. It's the greatest gift we can give people
1: hmm. to really to hear from the heart, or to allow them to dig down. And that's just not always easy to to get down to those things that maybe we're ashamed of or afraid to admit about ourselves, even if they are in the past, because. People might judge us. They might have certain preconceived notions of what kind of person that makes us to Mm -hmm. be. So we wind up walk, we walk around with all these things that we're just trying not to show, but they're probably pretty obvious anyway, I guess. Right.
0: Absolutely. 100%. Yep.
1: And so you've been through a lot yourself, not only your blindness and, and I, you know, before I, before we talk about other things, I do want to ask you, what does it feel like to be you in the world doing all that you're doing as a blind person?
0: You know, that is actually such a great question. The best way I can explain it, it's like I see with my mind. Hmm. So like I may not see, like physically see the chair, but like. With my mind, I'm picturing a chair. I may not be able to actually see you, but in my mind, it's not what you physically look like. It's what your personality, your aura, mm-hmm. that's how it fills in what I think you might look like, right? Wow. And so, you know, it's so funny because I'll be like watching TV and I'm looking at the TV. I can't see a lick of it, but I'm looking at it because I'm seeing, watching Hallmark with my mind, not actually mm-hmm. watching or I'll be turned to my computer monitor. It's not like I can see anything on it because i for technology, but just like one would look at their computer, I still look at it, but I'm, I'm functioning with my mind. So it's very interesting, yeah.
1: That is interesting. Well, just so you know, I'm quite handsome.
0: Uh, yeah, and I'm gonna see. I'm gonna need to see an ID, Mister. This whole
1: eight,
0: eight, seven six years later.
1: Right, we're, we're we're gonna have to get like some technological enhancement here, so I look great to you. There you go. Yeah. So so you're. I mean, I think what you're describing it's a very powerful thing. I mean, we we really do see with our minds, even scientifically, the information that comes through normally functioning eyes is interpreted you know, by the, or reinterpreted by the brain, that energy signal. And you talk about aura, what it, talk about that. I've not really talked to anybody about kind of aura and what that really means. Are you comfortable talking about that?
0: I I, Well, yeah. And it's actually, it's a little bit aura, a little bit senses, right? Because when you take away a sense like sight, all the others are, are elevated. Like I'm not sure who hears better, my guide dog frost or I, right? I mean, I've great hearing and great sense of smell. And, you know, sometimes you just walk through life with a different layer of texture. Like, for example, there was a gentleman I I'm I'm still dating, looking for that one, but there was a, a gentleman that gosh, I was head over heels for him. And like the sound of his voice, the smell of his skin, the touch of his hand, like every sense. I just I loved him for all that. And so I think it was the the truest way you could possibly love someone by just the senses of who they are. And that's the same for like what I mean by aura. You know, we're in such a politically crazy climate right now where I don't see homeless. I don't see race. I don't see, you know, somebody's, you know, if they're poverty or if they're rich. I, I just mm-hmm. don't see that. It's really to me about the words they say, the texture of their voice, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm,
1: That's so powerful. And Nancy, I just listened through. I'm a huge audible freak and have hundreds of audible selections. And I've just discovered Barbara Brown Taylor and Learning to Walk in the Dark. And it's a fabulous book. She was an Episcopal priest for about 30 years, but just brilliant Brilliant writer, lovely to hear her read her book, but she talks about an art installation that I can't think of the name of right off the top of my head. But it's where you experience being blind and you Mm -hmm. go in, you go into an environment, you're giving a walking stick cane and you find your way through and you're actually guided by a blind person. And she oh, wow. describes it. It's a beautiful description of what you said a moment ago about when you take one of the senses off the table, how everything else becomes really heightened. And yeah, so it's, it's beautiful. That reminds me of that. So,
0: yeah, well, you know, and and we all have that ability to close our eyes and maybe put a blindfold around ourselves and, mm-hmm. and wonder what it would be like or or do something where you cover your ears and you can't hear for the day or gosh, what would it be like if I had like MS and my, my legs couldn't move or, you know, it just, the more we can put ourselves in other people's shoes, the, you know, the better we are really.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Developing the empathy muscle and, learning how to care at a different level. And so back to what I was starting to ask you before we diverted to the blindness is just, you have been through quite a bit of trauma and hardship in your own life and continue to develop such a powerful mindset. And how did you discover how to live a positive life despite the setbacks, the blindness, you've been through some sexual harassment, all kinds of things that a lot of people would probably crumble under.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's really I am so thankful that I was built with that I guess that light in me, but through each of those hard times, I mean, there was a time I was in a financial crisis, and I I literally if I I did have some suicidal thoughts, I was like mm-hmm. this would be so easy to be done and make this go away, and I wouldn't be a burden to anyone. So I understand the dark side, but I also understand the positive. And what I learned over time is that it didn't do me any good to just sit there and and for days and days, months and months, be disgruntled. You know, I do believe it's okay to have a pity party once in a while. I do believe it's okay to cry and flush out emotions. But I also really believe that through the power of people, friends, family, resources, clouds can part, we could have a different experience even times when people pass away or maybe our fur babies pass away or you know some oh. really devastating happens uh-huh. you still want to celebrate the life of that person you know and i i had five miscarriages and i celebrate those i call them my heaven babies now but i i celebrate them and 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 you know for the moments i was pregnant i i understood what it was like to be but then when they were taken away i i understood what that was like too and I guess the last thing I'll say is, you know, it's kind of one of those things where if somebody is gifted at tech, that's a gift. If somebody's gifted at writing, it's a gift. I guess my gift is transitioning through difficult moments, which is why I host the show I do and do what I do, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I to be eyes wide open for what is that natural gift.
1: But what did you go through to develop that? And I asked that because, as, as I shared on your show, my most recent flame-out crash and burn was when I left an organization in the Midwest that I thought I would be at forever, and it didn't end well. And I I lost my identity, and I... I've, I've since come to know that this is pretty common, especially for men at middle age or a little past, if who they've been in their career shifts or changes or completely ends like it did for me, we just a loss, you know, and, and took me, it has taken me years to build a sense of myself again and to recreate what I hope is my truer self and not just another house of cards that is built around my ego right? Mm-hmm. I've built this company. I'm an influencer. I have two shows. I coach songwriters, blah, blah. I, I, I'm very co- cognizant of the fact that I don't want that to be an identity that can be taken away from me, right? But, yeah. it, it, but it's taken me years to do that. So as you transition through some of the hard places, what were, and I love your perspective, but how did you get that? Did you just, you said you were you just naturally buoyant, and is that what I'm hearing more of? No, nope.
0: I, I mean I was shy growing up. I was shy, but I think you know it, it really is a choice, and it's it's
1: mm.
0: and and when I say that, even in the darkest of times, it's a choice. It was a choice to say, nope, I choose life. It was it's a choice what we put in our mouth. So we're trying to lose weight, right? It's a choice. Right. Are we going to walk that walk and talk that talk and make it all match? And, you know, the thing that I think is so interesting is, you know, we 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 grow up in a family unit or a friend unit. And sometimes we develop, you know, she's known as the such and such. He's known as the such and such. And memories and stories start to snowball. And then that is our identity. Or we go to school and we get a degree or we get a job and we're working towards a focus. and, And that's an identity. So, when we have a crisis, when we lose our identity, that's when maybe it's time to just turn the page and decide who you want to be. If someone's always been known as the party animal and the drinker and they lose their compass, you know what? Turn the page. And all of a sudden, you're all about volunteering, you're all about philanthropy. You know, if somebody has been known as being a narcissist and selfish and maybe over like a workaholic, you know what? When a crisis happens, and you unplug for a bit, come back with a renewed light of really who you want to be. And and I, and I let go of those expectations, let go of those labels, let go of how everybody pegged you to be over the years. And the exciting thing is out of that crisis, out of that hardship, you can now turn that page and be who you want to be. Mm-hmm. You just... Need that time to decompress. I think it's perfectly fine when you're going through a dark moment in time to unplug, be healthy about it, stay in touch with a few people so they know that you're still living and grooving, right? But I think sometimes you need that time to unplug. Maybe see a therapist, maybe do some journaling, whatever that is, and then come back with a renewed vow to yourself that okay, for for the first time in my life. I'm going to set my expectations. I'm going to choose the boxes I want to check. Mm-hmm.
1: That is so powerful for me because I didn't realize until I got T-boned by this situation that I was really looking outside myself for all of my affirmation. I really had built up this platform personality. I mean, I was a genuine person, I believe, but I, I was dependent upon doing well for others. And performing. I was a performer, even in just situations, you know, leading music in churches and performing around the world. I was getting a lot of my jollies out of being that guy. And, mm. you know, and and when it ended, it was it was crushing and defeating for me. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to handle it emotionally. And so I crashed and went into some deep apathy. And I tell the story because i think it's important you know to admit man i i was i i was way way down the the dark dark tunnel with the saint john of the cross called it a dark night of the soul and it Mm -hmm. was it was a lot of circumstantial depression but i didn't have the resources at that moment to turn it around and i started finding motivational materials. I mean, I'd heard of Tony Robbins, but I d- I really wasn't drawn to him and I didn't really know that much about anybody else. But I slowly began to discover the world of self-help, motivation, self-empowerment. And Nancy, it's really what why I'm even here today is because I was able to piece enough of a positive mindset back together that I, I started gutting it out. And it's like, what can I do today to be a better person, to, to show up as a better human, uh, you know, and, and to begin that journey. And so it's turned into now seven years of, of, of working with songwriters, which is my background and, and now kind of launching this new brand and, and connecting with wonderful people such as yourself. So my question is, who do you go to? I mean, I have a couple of people that I go back to again and again, authors and speakers, podcasts, and that if, if I'm starting to slip in my mindset you now, they help me take the trash out. So right. how, how, who do you go to? Who are some of your go-tos?
0: Well, it's such a great question. You know, I have my best friend from Oregon, seventh grade we met, and sometimes she is my compass. She grounds me. She, She's a, a mom of four kids. I'm not, right? We're two different worlds. But she might say something just a little bit more country, a little bit more laid back, a little bit more domestic, something the world I'm not in, but a world that she just says something and it makes me think of it differently, what I'm going through. Oh. Or over time, through my coaching, I've met other coaches and oftentimes we coach each other, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes they'll say, I need a life coach. Or they'll say, Nancy, I need a life coach. I, I also turn to my sister, Susan, my sibling. She always keeps me in check. Or my mom, she's one of my best friends. And these are not always people that tell me what I want to hear. But they are people that keep Nancy grounded. And that's really important because there's plenty of people that will tell us, oh, you're amazing or you're the best or you can do it. But you got to look at the intention. Are they selling us something? Are they partnering? And if I do it, do it, then they benefit, too. Like the people in your orbit that have seen you through the good and the bad they are your anchors. They are what ground you. So I've got my like fab five, fab six, right? Right, right. And it's not every friend. I'm very selective on on a few handful of people. And, you know, for me, faith is important. And, you know, it was interesting that you talked about, you know, all that you went through and, and yet falling into motivation. And I think it's really important that we all realize that. We have to believe that sometimes things do happen for a reason. That could be faith. That could be karma. That could be whatever somebody believes it, right? But when when bad things happen, and they do, bad things happen to good people. We hear that all the time. You have to look at, okay, how can I release this? And what can I learn from this? and And then, again, evolve it into something greater. You did that, right? You took something that you were you know, good at, you were good at, at, you know, running and and doing everything that everybody wanted. And, and then when the cards slowed down, you had to figure out who am I? Like, who do I want to be? I only got like 30 more years on this planet, 40 years. How do I want to spend them? Right.
1: Right.
0: And I think that we all should live like that. It's like that Tim McGraw song, live like I was dying. Right. Mm. So make every moment count. We don't have till 100. We might
1: Mm-hmm. You know, that's so true. And I think what you were just describing was something that was so difficult for me that I try to give to people now. And that's a, a greater sense of objectivity
0: mm-hmm. because
1: I became incredibly myopic and I could not see, you know, beyond the temporal circumstances. And I, I couldn't seem to find not only who i was or who whatever remained from that identity i'd built up but you know to find that sense of inner resourcefulness and that's what i love about you that's what i love about what you're doing with your company living full out your show your speaking your coaching everything that you're presenting as you show up in the world it's to have that greater inner sense of resourcefulness and to me that's that's it's creativity but it's it's just wisdom and when you're in a tough, tough situation like I was, it's hard to find that. It's hard to be in touch with that if you haven't already developed it. So mm-hmm. kudos to you. I want to take <laughs> just to acknowledge that as you, you know, do what you do, you're helping make the world a better place. And yeah. what, what's your favorite way to interact with people? And I think my last question after you answer yeah. this, what would you say to someone who might be in a really crazy dark place what's the what's the one thing you would say and then help us to get in touch with you in your favorite way to interact with people
0: well perfect you know so what i would say when someone's in a really dark place again it's okay to honor the dark it's okay to have that pity party it's okay to have cry your eyes out but at the same time you have to remember that you not everybody gets this breath of life they don't They don't ever make it. They don't, or they get, or it's taken early. You want to make this count. And what that, that trash, that toxicity, whatever's happening in your life, that does not define you. With the right compadres by your side, with the right resources, you can rewrite your story. You can, maybe means moving to a different town. Maybe it means switching jobs. Maybe it means letting go of a, of a, of, debt or a home or an apartment, move in with someone else, take a time out, replenish your finances, whatever it is, you can reset and come back even stronger. Mm. It's we feel that we're on the hamster wheel and we can't get off that we exhaust ourselves. But you know what? You can get off. You could absolutely get off that wheel right. and play with a smile. Hmm. And you know how people reach out to me I mean absolutely go to livingfullout.com it's kind of the hub for the show and the writing and the coaching and everything we're on seven different social media sites we're all on the website as well and you know again I'm all about hearing your story right John it was a, it was so touching to me and You might have fans and followers of your show here that also have their own story, and I'd love to hear from them and maybe have them on my show as a guest, as an inspirational guest. And they can reach out to me there at connect at livingfullout.com and share their name and contact info, what they went through, what they learned. Hmm. Just like you, I'd love to have them on the show.
1: Well, that's great. I'm sitting here thinking of about five people that I need to get in touch with you that, are, yeah. that have, yeah.
0: I would love to have them on. Yep.
1: Well, that's beautiful. Nancy, thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us today. And we love you. We appreciate what oh. you bring to the world. You make our lives better. So we wish you all the best.
0: Thank you so much, John. Thank you, everyone.
1: Thanks for hanging out with me today on All the Best. If you liked the show, be sure to share it out with your family and friends on your social media and drop me a line at john at I would love to hear from you. I also want to invite you to jump over to my site right now to sign up for my free 31-day motivational email series. It's designed to help you go for all the best in life. If you're needing some real change, fresh motivation, and inspiration, this could be just the thing to get you going. You can find it at johnchisholm.com and I'll see you next time.